Yeah. It's a more serious. I, I feel wolf. like it's. You say wolf and it's, and I say it wolf. <laughs> but I feel like we say the same wolf. Wolf. You say wolf. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> wolf. Yeah. Wolf. I don't know. <laughs> See, you're like doing the whole dialect. You must have been inspired by Dev and his being shady with accents. <laughs> um, Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon where I'm giving you all seven days of a free trial. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And if you join the ITBR professor level, which you'll see gets you access to all of our rewatch podcast series like Queer as Folk and Smash, and all of our Teaches series, including when we rewatched Scream with you all, when we discussed The Exorcist, we're about to do a Britney Spears memoir episode, so, oh, and The Fall of the House of Usher is coming up. You also get access to both book clubs, and while you're at it, while you're joining our Patreon, where you're getting your seven days for free, I would really love if you Make sure you like and follow us on Apple or Spotify, and please leave a review. It really does help us in terms of advertisers and sponsors. Thank you all for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room Network, and it's just wonderful to be part of this arts and culture organization and have you all out there reach out to me. So again, remember, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And we have a Facebook and we're on X as well. Enjoy this episode, everyone. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. So when I'm not here in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room as the host and director of our arts and culture podcast, I am consulting because the Ivory Tower Boiler Room is not just a podcast, it's a small business. And I am officially an entrepreneur. So I've had many consulting clients and I want to let you all know my services. So I've worked on college admission essay editing. I've worked on a graduate student's thesis. I'm currently helping advise a PhD student's dissertation. I'm working with a small business on revamping and rebranding their social media strategy and just working on new media ideas to expands their audience. So if any of that seems like a fit for you, reach out to me via email. It's ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. I'm currently revamping our website. So soon I will have a consulting section on the website. So don't worry. I'll have a new ad to talk about the new exciting website updates, which will include testimonials. It'll include the different services, but for $30, you get a one-hour private Zoom with me to talk through how I can help consult you, and then we'll figure it out from there. So ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com, easiest way to reach me. Also, remember, we have two book clubs meeting on November 19th. So I'm hosting the Parachute Women Book Club. Parachute Women is about the women behind the Rolling Stones' success by Elizabeth Winder. And Mary is hosting the True Crime and Academia book club, which is all about 
haunted asylums, prisons, and sanatoriums inside abandoned institutions for the crazy criminal and quarantined. So to join the book clubs, head to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash ivory tower boiler room, and make sure you choose the specific book club you want to join. I'll see that you've joined, and then I'll make sure that I reach out to you so you get the Zoom link and you'll be there on November 19th. And I can let all of you know, in December, our book club choice is Britney Spears's The Woman in Me. So spread the word, everyone. Okay. Um, also, you can join the ITBR professor level and get access to both book clubs and all of our ad-free videos and audio episodes. Okay. I think I've said everything I have to say. And now, here is our exciting episode. <laughs> Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Ivy Tower Boiler Room Rewatches Smash, Season 1, Episode 3, Enter Mr. DiMaggio. I have with me Dr. Andrew Rimby and Mary DePippi here. We will be discussing this episode today. Andrew, do you want to go over for a second? Yes, thank you, Christian. Not like we planned this at all. So, yeah. very improv-like. So, I just want to remind you all out there, first, the Broadway theme. I'll get to that. So, if you've seen our Ivory Tower Boiler Room Instagram or TikTok, I am taking a group from the public, anyone who wants to go to see Wicked. We're going in March in honor of all things green and St. Patrick's. Uh, not the weekend of St. Patrick's because no one wants that hellscape in the city with <laughs> Wicked. I mean, we, we, we want that energy, but maybe not St. Patrick's weekend. Um, so it's going to be the weekend before, and you have two options. You have the Saturday or the Sunday. So go to ivorytowerboilerroom.com. You'll scroll to events, and you'll literally see the Google Google form. The Google form is embedded. Uh, so please just fill out your availability. You can click, you know, all the dates and times if you want. And I'm going to let you all know the first week of December, what the most popular one is, and then you'll put in your actual reservation and I'll get you all the price of how much tickets are. And then, you know, we'll go from there. See if I can add any add-ons for you. Um, so can't wait for all of that. And then we also, Christian, have our book clubs. So Mary, who's with us, has um, Haunted, Haunted Asylums. Um, I think it's Haunted Asylums, sanatoriums and prisons or it's haunted asylums prisons and no sanatoriums and prisons okay um and i'm doing um elizabeth winder who hopefully you all can meet soon uh parachute women it's about the women behind the rolling stones and these women were actually what really propelled the rolling stones to success so it's a really fascinating nonfiction book uh elizabeth is the writer of maryland and manhattan which you all have heard about already on the smash podcast so November 19th, um, go to our Patreon because that's how you actually fill out a poll for us. I need to know what time you want to do the Zoom. Each book club is around 40 minutes. You get to be, you know, I'll be there. Mary's going to be there. It's very like a private group. You know, if you don't want to have your camera on, that's okay. If you don't really want to talk and you just want to listen, we're fine with that. Um, have your dinner, have your coffee, have your tea, you know, enjoy. Um, so join the ITBR book club level or the TCIA book club or join the professor level, which gives you actually all of these video rewatch episodes of Smash plus both book clubs for only $10 a month. So lots of things. Okay, thank you, Christian. <laughs> and back to you. <laughs> 
No, not a problem. Gosh, you guys ready to dissect this episode? Because there's a lot we're going to talk about. Yeah. Are you talking about the opening scene of sex? Because that, that shocked me that when I first started shocker. watching. <laughs> I was like, is this how it's opening? <laughs> Wait, and Mary, have you ever seen Smash before? I have not. I only remember the previews from when it was on back in the day. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, Christian, from yes. last episode, now that Mary's here yes. and not my Veruca Salt backup dancer, which I had so much fun putting that clip <laughs> together. But and I was like, yeah, a backup dancer for Veruca Salt does not make sense when I acted it out. <laughs> um, but Mary, can you just clear up the callback where we both like reconnected at um, Broadway Pittman Theater? Was it five hours? I don't know why I felt like it was five hours. It felt like it might have been three and a half it was definitely long like i it was the longest thing i think i've ever been to to be honest um as far as that whole audition process was concerned um because it was a really unusual callback like sorry but christian i know had so many questions about it and i said it was very competitive feeling with like the chorus line it was very you walk forward you are not oh and we had to wait until after our cafe experience, which is why we yes. took that break together. And I'm like, you couldn't have told us before the cafe, like before our break. Seriously. Ridiculous. It was, I mean, given what we know now about this particular theater group, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I'm surprised, but oh yeah. I digress. Uh, yeah, they were they were invo- they were embroiled in scandals. We'll say it like that, Christian. But yeah, thank you, Mary. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I had like talked about the experience, but I do remember um, we were talking a lot about the dance combo and just like dissecting everyone who was there. It was very <laughs> smash like. That's why. Yes. Um, I can relate. But yeah. <laughs> so the opening scene, Christian, oh, my God, of this episode. Oh, yeah, it's very they're smashing. They're smashing. <laughs> That's true. And we haven't even heard the title song yet. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize we don't really hear the song smash for a while. You, you don't. You don't. Yeah. I was surprised. Well, I guess not because it's called Enter the Mr. DiMaggio that we get the um one of the Joe and Marilyn. This is not my favorite Joe and Marilyn song. Um, my favorite is History is Made at Night. That's yep. Yeah. Um, I thought this was where it was conceived, but I was wrong. <laughs> like, no. Hey, that's why I like rewatching. I know. Um, oh my god! And I know where I'm skipping, but Angelica Houston again. I just love when she throws the cocktail at her ex. She. Oh my god! She's a master at that. I need to take a a, a course from her on how to do that because it's like I, I have a few people that I want to do that to. So yeah. She's just so good at her delivery. I, oh my god! I cried laughing because I was just like, yes, of course, of course, Miss Houston. Oh my gosh. Well, but in the opening, again, there's so many quotable moments in this episode, Christian. Like this one I thought had the most quotes that like I was jotting down vigorously. Like, um, oh, when Ivy says, I'd like to work on her. She's so serious. She's like reading all the bios. She's looking at the filmography of Marilyn. And then he's like, oh, you're already working on her. <laughs> and she really thinks he's serious. I'm like, oh God. Girlfriend, you better was. leave that bed. Stop this. 
I feel like uh, he was. Like, he was he, so I, serious. And then saw her reaction and was like, well, fuck. We can't do that again. If I, oh, if, that, you know, she thinks. Is that why he's sleeping with her then? Basically, is because he sees her as the sex kit in Maryland. So. I think so. Yep. I think that has, yeah, that's definitely something it to has do to have with some it. appeal. Yeah. And then his excuse for why they're not in his a- apartment. Oh my God. A stove. So many, a stove. Really? Because you're gas leak with the stove. Really? <laughs> I was Sorry, like, no, we're skipping, you... but it's, it's insane. Of like, I do not believe that for one second. <laughs> no, me either. I know. Yeah. Oh, he says, that's what we're doing, darling. Like, oh, that's not God. diminutive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, Derek. Derek has ups and downs for me. Like, sometimes I really like his characterization and other times, like, the beginning here, I... When he's with Karen, I see his humanity. But when he's with Ivy, I see his wolf-like behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the two sides of Marilyn, how she was with the men in her life. He's he's almost the Joe DiMaggio, I guess, in our scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, cause Joe, um, yeah, was um, starts to get very uncomfortable with Marilyn's success, um, and a lot of the men in her life get uncomfortable that she doesn't need a man for her financial independence, but she still wants a man for comfort. So it's, I guess that's what we get in our musical number here, Christian. But I know we're not at the musical number yet. But I know you love Marquise, Christian. Did you see some of the, uh, one of the musicals that was playing at this time when they filmed the scene? I did not, but I, I just, I just so love the the homage that they do to to the broad to Broadway and the city itself. I love how the city, like Sex in the City, that the city is a second is a secondary character in the show, and I just love how they're just putting all these. Uh, marquees and these mon- and these marquees all up in the background because I I feel like they need to implore that people love Broadway and they need to support the arts and this was their way of of getting that message out there and I and I absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. It was Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie um, and Clyde. Yep. <laughs> Short lived, but um, they, people want a revival of it. I think. Um, I think they did. With, wasn't that with Laura Osnes and Jeremy yeah. Jordan? I believe. Or someone else, I think. Yeah, I that's when they were. Awesome. That's that's that when they were. Oh, okay. That's the, when they were in it. But, oh, that kind of makes sense because Jeremy Jordan eventually becomes part of Smash, but <gasps> obviously not right now because right. he's in Bonnie and Clyde. That's right. Um, yeah, so he couldn't have been in the mo- in the TV show because he was on Broadway. I am here with the co-owner of one of my favorite stores here in Port Jefferson Village, New York. It is called The Soapbox. So Janine said, Andrew, I have these four products you need to get your hands on. It's called Four for Fall. So she's going to go over these four products. I know first you have a soap for me. What is the soap? I I have a soap for you. It is called Apple Cider Shea Butter Soap. It's by a company called Greenwich Bay. And this is a great soap because you can use it for your hands or your body. And it has a delicious apple cider scent. And I think you're actually already familiar with it. Yes, it is in my shower. I still have it. It lasts a very long time. Great lather. The lather is wonderful. It's 
just so luxurious. And I love the scent into November, yes. you know, this apple cider just, it evokes so many cozy feelings. Oh. After the soap, we have something that you can add on to yes. in the shower. So what is this? This is a wonderful, wonderful um, exfoliating shower scrub. It is by a company called Primal Almonds, and it's a sugar whip shower scrub. And the scent is pumpkin spice. It's a moisturizing sugar scrub. So it's tiny little sugar granules. And it's something that you would use after you shower twice a week because you don't want to strip your skin of your natural um, oils and your your moisture. But it's wonderful. It just really exfoli exfoliates all that dead skin and leaves your skin very so smooth and soft from all the um, the sugar. So after I use the exfoliant right now, we need to moisturize. So yeah. I know you have a really nice fall body lotion for us. Absolutely. Um, this is just such a delicious scent. This is one of my favorites for fall. It is The scent is Orchard Breeze. And it's by a company called Michelle Design Works. Um, this is another product that you can use hand or body, hand and body. Um, it's great. You can place it um, on your vanity, just a couple of pumps for your hands or use it on your entire body. But it's shea butter based. So it's extremely moisturizing. Um, it's it's just wonderful. And the scent is just lovely. We need something more deep for our face. Everyone yeah. wants face masks. And I know that you absolutely love this company and this product. Yes. This is one of my favorite masks by one of my favorite companies that we carry and we support. The company is called Farmhouse Fresh and they're right out of Texas. The mask is called Splendid Dirt and it's a nutrient rich mud mask. Um, it consists of pumpkin puree and the benefits of this mask, uh, it's a pore minimizer, a radiance booster and a skin degunker. So it's an all around great mask. If you really want a boost of radiance, it brightens your skin and it really cleanses your pores. If they live on Long Island or near Long Island, you know, what is your address uh, for them to come into the store? We're located at 18 Chandler Square in Port Jefferson, New York, right in the village. Um, and if you can't make it, you have to come in because we just have so much fun stuff in here. So many wonderful products. Um, but if you can't make it in, please give us a call. We're more than happy to um, ship any of these wonderful, all any of these wonderful products to you. Um, uh, call us at 631-509-1424. You could always um, reach us on Instagram at the Soapbox NY, or you could always um, check us out on our website, Soapbox NY. Um, and yeah, there's so many ways to it. access yeah, your so products. Many ways to reach us. And Janine is more than happy. And Mariana. The other co-owner. My mom, actually. Yes. yes my mother. Are so willing to take your orders yes. via phone, via Instagram. And I can't wait for everyone else to enjoy these luxurious products. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog. So you can see all of this on glreview.org. 
That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W dot org. Remember, you get 50% off your subscription of the GL Review magazine when you use the promo code ITBR50. That's 50% off your print or digital subscription when you use promo code ITBR50. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, Visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Um. But again, I just love how they pull this cast together. It's the cast is so good. I mean, that's what makes the series. I mean, Deborah Messing. I love Deborah Messing. Um, it's Deborah Messing gaze. Have you ever seen the Andy Ike Andy Iker? No. Wait, Andy Iker? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Who's Andy Iker? <laughs> Billy Eichner. <laughs> Andy Iker. <laughs> I think he was, you know, I think he was one of the Disney people. <laughs> Sorry. I'm in Billy Eichner. Billy on the streets. He like runs around with Deborah Messing and says, it's Deborah Messing, you gays. Um, yeah, but no. Oh, Andy Eicher is someone I knew at Stony Brook. Well, hi, Andy. <laughs> oh, God. You could tell that we're recording late because I'm like getting names mixed up together. Um but yeah, so the opening scene, that was very prey, predatory-ish again. And then yeah. we have Mr. Sneaky Ellis yet again. I, I, he irritated me this episode. I'm sorry. He, I just, I hated his sneaky conniving ways. And it just like, Ellis, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that. Don't steal a notebook. It's not yeah. good for you. Like, oh, I came up with the idea, so I need to get paid for it. No. How did that have to do with him? Heart. Like his friends, I got it. Like, what his friend's point was, I kind of understood in a licensing way. But then what he decides to do with the notebook, that has no. nothing to do with his idea. Mm -hmm. Now he's now he's a thief. That it's like Ellis. His mm -hmm. supposed girlfriend that was like, oh, what are you doing with that? Did you no, see it? Is it is his girlfriend, remember? Mm -hmm. Because that, that whole that whole scene just irked me the wrong way. I'm like, ew, don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I also yeah. like felt for her as well because I would do the same thing. Like as he's yeah. reading, she's like, okay, well, and he's like, what? What? You thought this was wrong. You didn't want to know. And she's like, but but I want to know now. Like you got me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and she says you're a secret agent. I know we're jumping ahead, but I feel that um, it's connected to what you're saying, Christian, about Ellis. So the whole you're a secret agent when the girlfriend, Ellis's girlfriend says that, is it basically he's playing the fence with sexuality to manipulate? That's um, what I Tom? think he's doing. He's, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was, like, oh, here's this, unless, you know, he could be bi, right? We don't really know. I, but I, it did kind of seem like here's this straight guy who's going undercover to flirt with Tom and 
But then I'm wondering now, is this, has this been a plan set up from the beginning that he's going to pull one over on Tom and Julia? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it had nothing to do with Marilyn. Like he was going to somehow just make his way to the top or um, manipulate them for, I think we said it before, Christian, for a payday. Yep. Oh, the people in theater. <gasps> but those people exist. That's the relatable part. The ones who they just do. are conniving. They, they I do. know. Yeah. But I I do yeah. love Ivy in this episode. I really... I feel for her. I feel like she's actually... In the beginning, isn't Ivy pretty vulnerable in your opinion? I thought that she was open like more open than we've seen her before because i feel like when she's with her friends or in the professional setting she has this exterior maybe it's the performativity of marilyn she has her mask on with um, yeah with her friends and especially in the theater in the theater world she she has her walls up but then when she's with derek derek um and with um oh my god Christian Boros character. It's just the names are escaping me right Tom, now. Tom. Tom, I feel like with those two, she can let her guard down a little. Yeah. And with other people in her life, she has to protect herself, which I think we all do that sometimes. Right, Barry? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, and Mary, since you had never seen this series before, were you like relating more to Karen or to Ivy? I guess Karen. Um, but also like there were some things about Karen that irked me as well. Like, for example, when she has that meeting with Derek, like, first of all, I don't I don't know how I feel about the boyfriend just showing up to her work meeting. I mean, I understand it's theater, but it's technically still a work meeting. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but also, like, I mean, the way that she spoke to him, I wasn't thrilled with. And also kind of, like, I don't know. Like, something, like, it almost came off entitled. Like, okay, I'm talented, then, like, why didn't I get the part? It's also like, well, nobody knows you, sweetheart. Like, this is also a business. I know. You know, if they want this to sell, you you got to put someone like you got to. I feel like just like how you work your way up in any business. Like, I feel like that's the same almost in theater. And she should be so happy. She's in the chorus of her first Broadway musical. Exactly. I'm like, aren't you gracious? Right. So like that irked me, but at the same time, like I was kind of like, eh, I see, I see more. I think of myself in her than than yeah. Ivy. And what do we think about her side plot uh, story with her going back home? That made sense to me with the Mrs. Smith anonymity of the small town life. Like I thought, I was like jotting vigorously in my notebook um, on the margin saying all framed by Marilyn and Joe. Like I, but I love that about the show is like, they always, we said it before Christian, mm -hmm. but I feel like this episode really did it. Anytime there's a Marilyn Monroe musical number, it always 
references the actual characters' plot points in the show. Yeah. So like everything in this episode is about couples and cheating and lies and wanting the more utopic homegrown lifestyle of, you know, white picket fence, uh, Oshkosh, Bagosh, Iowa. Oshkosh is actually Wisconsin, but whatever. Speaking of um, those Iowa citizens, I felt like when we saw her dad again and her parents, it's like, are they like, are they like representing an ad for like a Hallmark card? Because when, when she goes to open the door of the car and he's like, hi, honey, what's going on? I'm like, damn. I thought it was an ad. Why are you so happy? No, I literally thought it was an ad. Like, cause there was a break before where ads were playing and I'm like, oh, here's like a Hallmark movie for Christmas. You're right. And then I'm like, oh, it's the show. Um, and then her dad's like, yeah, did you bring the whole of New York with you? Ha ha ha. I'm like, can you not with that? But those like girls were kind of- Way too country. This is like Hallmark. I feel like I'm watching a Hallmark movie. <laughs> but her friends, I thought the friends were acting as if they were in Bridesmaids. Yeah. Right? I'm like, is this- Because they were so off the wall. And chippy and I'm like- But her pregnant them? friend? Was in so a campy. Bar, why would you have a a a baby shower in a in a bar, a karaoke bar of all places? That's this is not- Sweet Home Alabama, is what it, it reminds <laughs> That's me true. of. true. Like that moment, she's like, "You got a baby in a bar." <laughs> That's what that reminded me of. And I'm sorry, but uh, the redneck woman—I don't know what song it was. No, I don't know. Yeah, no, the redneck. Right. Redneck yeah. hot mess is what I'll call Redneck it. Hot mess. Uh, and then they all get on the stage and they all like, can, no, 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 no. That song definitely <laughs> did not stay with me. And I was very confused because I felt like we had landed in the deep South, which, you know, is great. But, you know, they're in Iowa. I don't, it was very, that part didn't make sense to me. But, um, it didn't, it didn't. I, I but then apparently the father gets to sit in homemade baker handsome man that comes in to save her life <laughs> and the father smells like smoke the next day remember oh, and she's Jesus. smelling his no his shirt she's like you smell like smoke daddy well i'm all right like where's this going <laughs> i don't know like, damn th- these parents are just they're on some kind of drug because they're I don't know what makes them so happy. And they're they're openly talking about her failures to her, like not to her face, but she can hear their conversation. I'm like, you don't mm-hmm. do that. You talk about it in your, in your behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not, you yeah. But they're pretty famous, that couple, like the ones who played the parents. I don't know. I recognized, I recognized the father. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, but I kind of liked, when we saw um, Ivy um, with Michael, yeah, Michael Swift, right? That's who plays oh, Joe DiMaggio. And can we talk about her introduction? It was giving a lot of Adam Pascal and Rent. Yes, I thought it was. I, I thought it was Rent. Like, what? <laughs> oh, wait, a Bruno Mars musical that he's in. I was like, wait, what song is this? Oh, it's Grenade. Of course it is. I forgot Bruno Mars was such a was such a thing back in 20. I know. And they were like, yeah, he's definitely sexy. And I'm thinking to myself, what part of that performance reeked like sexy, sexual? Like some of it, sure. Like there were moments. 
but to grenade grenade that's the you song like... you chose for the sexy piece to like show off that he's sexy you don't want your boyfriend to catch a grenade for you mary how dare you <laughs> If that's not Michael sex. Swift, um, but apparently the notice... song... He actually reminded me of Shakespeare in Something Rotten, who Christian Burrow plays on Broadway. Ooh, like he had very yes. I he saw had that. very I saw or that. Conrad Birdie. He was like a Conrad yes. Birdie, Elvisy. I don't yeah, but you're right. It was like Adam Pascal. It was almost a rent style. Yep, that's um, what I thought. I was like, he sounds a lot like Adam Pascal. That was his voice. Yes. I was like, huh. But I felt like we were supposed to be in on the joke of like how this wasn't exactly um, a well done musical, right? Like, is it irony? Because I thought it was irony. Off. I, all of it, like, yeah, I love the Ren vibes. I was here for it, and they were like, "Yeah, he's really sexy. He's this." But again, just not seeing it with a Bruno Mars themed nope musical. And then in the scene after, when they're at dinner, don't they say, like, okay, well, he's definitely sexy. <laughs> That's just like, what? But, and Derek is such a discretionary <sighs> critic. I'm surprised Derek loved that performance. Yeah. <laughs> but, so many questions. Maybe Derek's also, a Bruno Mars fan. Oh, no. I do wish <laughs> we would have known more about the Bruno Mars musical, like the plot line, because then yeah. maybe there, I could have made it made Is sense. there a plot? <laughs> no, it's about a grenade. It's and that's all grenade. you need. And he's that's the it. grenade. That's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> and like, oh, and then if, later when if, we get introduced to his wife, did we notice who that is? We get a little um, Wicked reference. That is Nessa Rose, Michelle Ferreter. Oh, Okay. We get another oh, I love her. I love as Angelica also points out that Ivy did a year in Wicked. I'm like, are this is this the Wicked? Is this the Wicked episode? We're getting lots of Wicked references. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was Megan Hilty already Glinda in Wicked before this? Yeah. We have to do some typing. We have to do um, some research. But I feel yeah. like she was. I feel. Um, mm -hmm. But I was going to say, wait, that the uh, Bruno Mars show, I do have a point to this, which is yep. it was premiering at La Mama Experimental Theater Club. Is which, that a real thing? <laughs> no, it is. That is it real. Is. Oh. Mm -hmm. It's okay. like where they'll do more. Um, they do a lot of avant-garde theater. Like That was very avant-garde. <laughs> But see, I didn't find it avant-garde. I found it, you know what, maybe it was avant-garde because it was a pop jukebox musical. But like, what's so funny is they actually had their uh, pulse on the trigger because now that just seems um, passe. Like we've had so many, like Once Upon a Time, the Britney Spears musical and Juliet. Moulin Rouge. Like, I feel like almost everything on Broadway now is all a pop singer's album. You know, like, it's 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 out of um, the norm if you're putting on an original material. So mm -hmm. it's like they anticipated what was going to happen to Broadway. Ooh. Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> They're soothsayers. Um but I don't know. I'm going to find, I'll find the Megan Hilty thing, but yeah, go on Christian. Oh no. Um, uh, where was I going with this? 
Where I know I got us off track with Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she um this is interesting. Megan Hilty actually um 2005 to 2006 is in Wicked. Oh wow, was she the unchody for Kristen? Or was it someone No, that else? was Laura Bell Bundy. Oh, Laura Bell. Oh, okay. And she was Laura she was the standby. Okay. Laura Bell Bundy. And so was Megan Hilty started as a standby. Right. Do you know what a standby is compared to an understudy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, for everyone out there who doesn't, um, That's like a, a, a standby <laughs> is someone who's not in the show unless the person that they're the standby for is out. So like yeah. an understudy is in the chorus usually, and then would like jump into the performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a standby basically just has to be ready like an hour before always <laughs> before the curtain. And then they can just enjoy their evening or the matinee. Um, I don't know. I feel like the standby is a more stressful. I don't know. Is an understudy or a standby more stressful, you think? Have you ever been in that situation where you had to be either a understudy or a standby? I was an understudy a few times. Never a standby. Standby, I feel, is very um, actor's equity. Like only Broadway, I don't know. There's not a lot of standbys oh. in community theater. No. I feel like you have to have a good budget to have a standby. Yeah. You can be my standby, Christian. I'll do, yes. <laughs> Actually, I'm your standby for this show. That. <laughs> if, you, if you don't show up, I'm a standby. That's it. If I, if I, if I get sick with the flu, I'll be like, Andrew, you take over today. You take over Oh God, I hope you don't, don't get sick with the flu. Jesus. You're like foreshadowing a plot point with Ivy and her cold. Yes. Oh, she gets like bronchitis. Um, oh, Megan Hilty was in nine to five in 2009. That's right. Wow. So she had already been yeah. pretty established on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's the Megan Hilty path. This is the history book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, I'm just looking at my notes. Oh, the London accents. That was like oh, what Mary when Deb Karen's boyfriend so Deb. Like, take, measure each other's dicks while you're at it. Right? They just kept, I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, where's the, just pull out the tape measure already. Let's just get this done. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Do you think it's Dev or Derek? Who, who do you think is going to win the uh, measuring contest? Oh, Jesus. I'm sure it's Dev. <laughs> yeah. But Derek will act, he'll talk a big game. Uh huh. He can walk the walk. I don't know if he can talk the talk. Or wait, I no. think I got it reversed. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. his his tool definitely is not going to walk the walk. Um, nope. <laughs> oh my god! And then when Dev says to Karen, "Well, I got to go home with the girl again," it's like Derek calls Ivy darling, and then Dev, Karen's boyfriend, calls her girl. But like these, Ugh. both of these men are problematic. Like, mm -hmm. Makes me wonder, do I ever want to date a Brit? <laughs> uh, British people are fun. Um, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> speaking. No, no, they're enjoyable. <laughs> I don't think 
<laughs> Wait, what, Christian? <laughs> I said, speaking from experience, are we? <laughs> oh, I don't think I've I dated a British person. I don't think so. They're rare to find in the city. No, they're not, but they're just very arrogant sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Christian does not speak for me. I love all our British guests on the podcast. <laughs> we have had a lot of British guests. So oh. you know. Whoops. Do not do not uh I will not muddy that one. I will not okay. muddy <laughs> But well, but it is very true that if you're born and raised in London, you can really pull out people's accents. Yes. Yeah. And that's where they kind of that's where Dev and, and uh Oh. Derek. Derek. Yep. There we go. See I the D's. Yep. The D's. The D's. More the more D's than one. <laughs> Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we could do that in America. But people are not that. I mean, some might be. You know, some will. I don't know, Mary or Christian. Has someone ever tried to correct your dialect? No. Yeah. They wouldn't where you are, Mary. <laughs> That's true. Because everyone around you says the words the same. But um, I did have a, a fan of our show said that um, I, but I think almost everyone I've had on the show ever since, that I say especially, especially and they said it should be especially. They were very adamant about sure. diction. Okay. And, and I was like, oh, thank you for enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's what you t- that's what you took from a conversation okay <sighs> sorry i mean all of our listeners are great <laughs> okay um but i love when they're casting the men in this episode um yeah. or no 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 it's julia who jokes that maybe we should just not cast the men um right like they're trying no. to get rid of jfk and he... and and what's his face yeah, oh, Julius Kevin. suggests to just cut DiMaggio because she doesn't like him because we find out later her relationship with Mike Swift, yeah. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's long-lost relative on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom who says, fine, then let's just cut yeah, yeah. Arthur Miller and JFK, which pissed me the fuck off because how dare you say Marilyn Monroe's life is not nearly as interesting without those men. Yeah. Get out of here. Out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and I think that that's going to be um, Tom's main issue and their tension is you already see that Julia really sees Marilyn's complexity and Tom's trying to approach it more from like uh, pastiche, corny, campy, like... <laughs> Uh, even like the ballad, that's not a ballad that sounds folksy. And she says, this is not an, it's like um, a case study for their marriage. This is just um, stereotypical of a song you'd hear on the radio, like a pop song. So yeah, Mary, I agree. Like there's, that was annoying when he thought that there'd be nothing without the men in Marilyn's life. Like, that's why mm-hmm. she's so misunderstood. Exactly. Like, did you not, did you not do any research at all for this? 
I hope they do eventually. Well, I hope he does eventually. But him, I yeah. I mean, will. I don't mean anyone else, but him, yeah. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I'm so excited to shout out the Gay and Lesbian Review, who is helping to sponsor the ITBR podcast. For all of you out there, the Gay and Lesbian Review is a bi-monthly magazine where you can discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture. And the GL Review publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and their popular art memo column. Each issue of the magazine brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme. For example, their September-October issue centers on the theme Cracking the Closet. So, starting in the 19th century, a number of artists and writers found ways to crack the closet by expressing their sexuality between the lines or in the interstices of their work. For example, Ignacio Darnad, who is a friend of the ITBR podcast, he's been on our show, writes all about illustrator J.C. Leyendecker, whose work for Ivory Soap and Arrow Collars gave him plenty of opportunities to draw pictures of well-dressed and at times scantily dressed American men. And you also can find an article by Vernon Rosario, who has been on the podcast, and he talks about the quest for sex in the Middle Ages. So to subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe. So on their website, go all the way over to the right-hand side, and you'll see the button subscribe. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR50 because you're getting 50% off your subscription to the print or digital edition of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine. I can't wait for you all to have your copy of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine and make sure that you take a picture when your magazine arrives or when you're reading it online and tag the GL Review on Instagram and ITBR and we'll share it out in our stories. Enjoy your reading, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I am so excited to be talking about Broadview Press. You might be asking, what is Broadview Press, Andrew? Broadview is an independent academic publisher in the humanities that produces high-quality, pedagogically useful books for use in university and college classrooms. They publish in the humanities mainly English studies, writing, philosophy, and history, just to name a few genres. And recently, I had on Dr. Jason Holt, who wrote all about the philosophy of sport. And what better summer episode than to talk about what happens when a philosopher dissects the beautiful aesthetics of sporting culture? In the spring, I had on doctors Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez to talk about what is sound writing, how to make audio projects in the college classroom, how to even have your students create podcasts. And then in the winter, I had on Dr. Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock. He talked about analyzing pop culture. Yes, I even sneak in some Real Housewives questions. And how to teach composition and make it fun. He uses this whole metaphor about being a mad scientist in this gothic lab. And in the fall, I had on Dr. Ann Stevens, and she talked about literary theory and criticism. And yes, the university season is upon us. So 
what better way to talk about the college classroom than to actually understand what is literary theory? That's a wonderful episode for all of you out there who teach literary studies. I love Broadview Press. Make sure you use their exclusive code. It's Ivory Tower on broadviewpress.com. You get 20% off all, all Broadview Press publications. Okay, until the next Broadview Press interview. And now back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Ugh. And I feel also that Tom was just so overdramatic this episode. It's like some of his lines were so cringeworthy. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so dramatic. I know. I, I was, loved. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I'm like, we didn't even do the musical yet. And there's already so much drama. And then we all know that that happens behind the scenes. But like, yeah. oh my God. Well, and I love that Julia is one of my, you know that it's a messed up um, manipulative type of episode where the one who had an affair. Oh, so manipulative. Yeah, so but like that the one who had an affair is the one that I'm most connected to in this episode. Oh. <laughs> no, that like, I found that Julia is actually a really... Um, it could have just been the acting, but even when they play Mr. and Mrs. Smith, just their glances at each other of, oh, um, I felt that. like, mm -hmm. oh, we really have stepped in it. And it's like we're definitely with, with, we're not with the, Meredith and Derek all over again. <laughs> but they're definitely not the folks next door. Nope. And also Ivy and Derek are in the same room during that song and they're banging each other. So. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just it's showing us the hypocrisy of what the mm -hmm. musical number is supposed to be mm -hmm. and what they're all doing in their <clears throat> everyday lives. Even Tom, the way he is with Ellis, you might blame like you might see Ellis as a past Christian, <sighs> but Tom is no innocent in this. Like he really um, wants Ellis to be his fanboy. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. He does. I just want to say I'm not a fan of Ellis either. However, when Julia was saying like, oh, you're fine, you know, I'm firing you this, that, and the third, oh I literally was like, someone smack her. What, what is she thinking? First of all, but I just also loved how Ellis came back and was just like, you can't do that. I work for Tom. I don't work for you. Do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> it's like you tried to find me once you think you can get it to stick again i don't think so i was oh when he said that i was like oh <gasps> yes he just won this so hard yeah i really no, just he... want to be like julia sit down sit down and shut up please he has his For two minutes he's good no he He's so crafty. Well, he's a secret agent, so. Yes, he's a secret. That's what makes you a good secret agent to be crafty <laughs> and conniving. Sure. They're all conniving. <laughs> conniving. Now. Oh they, yeah, they're all, I think they're all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> they this all is are definitely an... willing to do whatever. This is an episode of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all fallible. Yes. <laughs> um, 
except Karen, right? We're kind of seeing Karen as Ugh. she's the Midwestern uh, one who is so innocent, but she is putting boundaries around Dev. So mm-hmm. I think, well, for me, I understand. I'd be like, why, you know, you're my partner. Why are you interrupting a biz- a work meeting? Like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And did you notice how how very uptight she is about um, money-wise? Mm. It's like she doesn't want, like, if her boyfriend slash almost fiance is willing to pay for the rent, it's like, why don't you just take it for now? And then when you can pay him mm-hmm. back, you can do that. But I understand the hesitancy. But it's like, if you're not yeah. able to do it, just accept help. But there's nothing wrong with well. that, I don't think. But, you know, it's, again, the issue with pride and stuff, so. Well, there's nothing wrong until you owe them a favor. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, but in that situation, like, they're living together. They have a very close romantic relationship. I mean, at that point, like, they should be partners. Like, and in that situation, it's like, you, you should, like you should be able to lean on each other. Like it shouldn't be a, I did this as a favor to you. This is a, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. It's fine. I'll take this one for us. You know, you do what you got to do. And then, you know, it's a give and take, right? That's what you want though. In a healthy relationship, you both are for sure. Like it's not only someone might be doing something financial, but you, you know, are uh, giving them an aspect of um teaching them or enlightening them in ways that they don't see in their own everyday life. Like you're both helping to uplift each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not just financial. Yeah. Thanks. Good job. I love that, Mary. Um, You changed my mind. Um, (laughs) And that's all that matters, Mary. We change one life at a time. Um, Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I do love though, the Marilyn and Joe DiMaggio the way that their bio enters into this episode um, mm-hmm. with like thinking about how the song's going to be constructed with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's what I always love about these episodes. I love the actual process, like how they create the music and mm-hmm. um, yeah, but you're right. There is a lot of very soap opera like elements in this episode more than the other two, Chris. Yep. I, yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe they needed like more of the sappy Iowa. I, like, can you? The just Iowa narrative just made everything. Out, please, <laughs> you mean you don't want to hear redneck became, woman? It became too much day? for me. I'm like, oh my god, here we go again with them. I yeah. And then she comes in with this freaking big ass uh uh baby shower gift. I'm like, what is this? The Bellini basket from Sex in the City? And this. <laughs> I thought there was going to be someone bear. inside like, of what? it. I thought it was then, Dev. He thought it was Dev. <laughs> or like a stripper. Oh, that would be. Marilyn as a stripper. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have not been appropriate. And then it's Teddy. Oh, like, oh, you could hug him and then call me. I'm like, what? The- no, don't. No. Just- and it's also like what, you're missing the whole point of a baby shower. You have to give stuff for the child, not for the yeah, mother. Exactly. Like diapers would have been way more diapers helpful or than a huge or I don't bear. know something. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, a no. maternity dress. There. But that's, that's for the well, that's for the mother. But at diapers. least it would be useful. Oh my god! Um, All the diapers. Yeah, but I did want to ask that. This is a very philosophical question, which is yes. Do you actually think that Joe and Marilyn, like anyone of that caliber in the public eye, because you hear that all the time, right? There's that conundrum of someone who becomes really infamous, but they've wanted to be known by the public, but then they'll say, um, I don't want paparazzi around me, or I don't want to be talked about in the press. Um, I want to live a simple life where I can go into Target and- <laughs> you know, live any, like live my anonymity. Like, do you think you can have both? Can you be, live in an anonymous life, but also be talked about by the public? Hmm. Maybe if you're like a B or C list celebrity. Yeah. Nah, maybe not B, C or D. You know, enough where people know you from maybe a few hits here and there, but not enough that they've, that you've been overly exposed. Yeah. Maybe. Because I think yeah. the more your face is in the public, the more people, obviously, it's going to be easier for them to recognize you because they see you everywhere. So, but that's, so like yeah. in the show, an Angelica Houston and a Deborah Messing are going to face more public scrutiny than the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... Also, I think, right, you can choose where you live and that does, like, there's a reason why people choose to live way outside of LA or they choose to live in Jersey or Long Island instead of New York City. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes people don't- all the, the, the craziness. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I think sometimes people want to live in the craziness. Like they decide that and then they say, but don't follow me. I'm sorry. That's just like my pet peeve. Or when they call the they call the paparazzi, which almost all of them who are always photographed call the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. Kardashians. They started mm -hmm. that. And then they're like, don't follow sure. me. I, I can't deal with this. <laughs> um, but Marilyn, I don't know. I feel... Do you, but I think Marilyn really did. Um, I mean, Elizabeth or a biographer could really confirm this, but I remember she did go to Connecticut a lot in a guest house. Um, she did kind of live off the grid. I mean, I'm even yeah. when I was watching this, I was thinking of Meryl Streep because we haven't heard her name a lot in the public, in the public. And I feel like a Meryl Streep, like there's certain actresses or actors where they kind of do live very um i don't want to say everyday lives but they aren't don't always need to be talked about i mean mm -hmm. even you think yeah if you think about it like sally field or yeah. like yeah julie andrews like she's both all three of them even oh goodness well um, even and Hathaway. rest in peace it's like they they were able to gain a caliber where yes they've done a whole lot of famous stuff but they're able to live an idyllic life where they're not accosted by the public every single minute of their lives so, you know, if they yeah like live, i i wrote can you be a movie can, can you be a movie star and have a simple life mm, that's a difficult question i mean well pamela anderson enough pamela yeah Anderson's like her doing it. yeah yeah mm -hmm. 
But she's also, I feel like, in a more rural, suburban setting. Like, it's not full rural. Like, I feel like she doesn't have to drive hours to get, or like, not hours, but, you know, half hour to the grocery store. I feel like, you know, drives maybe 10 minutes and there it is. Well, even where I am or you are, Mary, or even like Christian, where you are in the city, Mm-hmm. I feel like even if you were like, there are people who are well known. I'm, I know in the suburbia around us, but I feel like no one's going to make a huge fanfare. Like even if people recognized you, I feel that they would kind of just be surprised to see the person. That it's not like if you're in Greenwich Village or in Chelsea or Tribeca, where they're like, oh, I'm at such and such restaurant. Like, right? We just came off the New York Housewives, Mary, and they were talking about these mm-hmm. restaurants everyone needs to go to. I feel yeah. if you start to enter into that scene, like the Hamptons, then yeah, you're going to be, like, you want to be part of the scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you just want to go to ShopRite, <laughs> go for it. Like, I don't think people are going to bother you at ShopRite. <laughs> I love a good ShopRite. Um. <laughs> I used to work at a ShopRite. That's a story mm-hmm. for me. Are you sure? <laughs> I think that could be riveting conversation on the podcast. No. <laughs> the bakery. You could talk about that process. The bakery. Oh, the bakery. No. The song could have been about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I burned that bakery down to the ground. <laughs> Actually, I think Shopper has a line. Shopper has a line called like Mr. and Mrs. Smith or no, I'm thinking Mrs. Smith cheese or pie. <laughs> the frozen Mrs. Yeah, Smith yeah, yeah. pies. I knew there was something about, well, and then there's that like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is just such a generic name, but kind of the way we talk about keeping well, up. It's like a gym. Jane Doe type of situation where like if they don't know the name, then they just call her Jane Doe or john smith or something like that you know well and they couldn't have done the song me and mrs jones because that was already <laughs> you know taken yeah yeah um and i think that's an affair or some sexual escapade in that song yeah it's a seduce yeah. it's a seduction song mm-hmm. um oh this episode brought a lot with it christian it you did. you got mary on the you got mary on the right one here I have a quote here that says, you smell good. Oh. That was between Mike Swift and That was Julia. Mike Michael Swift. That mm. was so anticlimactic for me because I, it was, you knew a moment was coming and then he just goes, you smell good. And then she goes to the other like, no, don't follow me. Don't look at me. <laughs> Does that make a girl's panties wet though? No. No. <laughs> hey, I don't know, Christian. I've never even been. I'm a gold star gay. No, 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 no. I was expecting you look good. That's that's the thing you want to say when you're trying to rekindle an affair. (laughs) You look good. Compliment the looks. You smell good? What? Maybe this episode was sponsored by an Ola factory company because... (laughs) Not only did we get the you smell good line, we also got the smoke with Karen's father on his shirt. And she's oh, like, you goodness. smell like smoke. Mm-hmm. Someone was having fun. And he was also late to church this morning. because <laughs> I thought maybe he was at a gambling, like a casino or something. Yeah, I don't like, know. Right. 
I was like, this is going to take a, an addiction turn. I didn't know what was happening. I was worried. And he's like, no, I, I heard you sing. So creepy. I wanted to hear my baby sing one last time before I died from gambling process. Why do you think he didn't bring his wife? That's kind of weird. I don't know. He Maybe he's cheating. Go incognito. I thought that whole thing was weird. It was. To be fair. Like, creepy maybe he's closeted and with ellis ah! oh my god he seems like he is the way that he lit up when he freaking threw that <laughs> he threw the the, the hose <laughs> like damn i don't know christian all these phallic puns yeah. you have today uh <laughs> i wrote oh no we already talked about the stove oh my gosh that part cracked me the hell up no it's just like oh she's god. buying it She's buying every second of it. I know it. Do you think girl. she actually bought that there was a stove issue with the neighbor? She Mary? seemed naive enough she to think. I like mean, it, but yeah. I wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, show me the stove. Show it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I feel like she wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. But that's yeah. too much of a benefit. Oh, I know. <laughs> For sure, but also they've only been he sleeping came up with that like ways. Like, oh, it was it's a stove problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how about the line in the song? We have to talk about the line about we'll make our own little league baseball team. That's like one uh, of my favorite lines. No, you don't like that so... image. <laughs> Both of us were like, do you get any more camp? <laughs> i was do like again for me i was just like this episode seems like so much about undermining women and their abilities so this was just another like nail in the coffin of oh so she's only good to have all of these children for you oh gary i love you yes <laughs> keep this energy <laughs> that's true so that oh, and, there was, and there's a line that i never knew until this coming uh to record this there's this line about tooch shore and i never knew what marilyn is singing and it was a restaurant on 51st street that marilyn would frequent frequent Ooh. a lot it was like this lounge and bernard tooch shore owned it so just in case anyone wondered what that line is and you know it's hard to make out um mm -hmm. But she just doesn't want to be in the limelight, right? That's the whole yeah. point. Um, but yeah, I still... Do you think, though... Do you think Joe DiMaggio would have been more satisfied with that kind of small-town life or Marilyn would have been more satisfied? Or neither of them? I don't know. Um, I feel like Marilyn came from that. So mm -hmm. I feel like for her, it's like a return to the roots kind of a thing. And I don't know how much trauma that could kick back up for her. Um, so I don't know. But also at the same time, I feel like Joe DiMaggio is kind of like a city boy. But at the same time, like the world that he's in is not like Marilyn's. Marilyn can technically do her job into her until the day she dies. Whereas athletes your time is and you know performers who dance specifically like your time is up at a certain point because your body can only take so much 
and mm. you know the longevity just isn't there so I think for him it might have been a natural next step but for her I think it's an idea that she likes but at the same time the industry that she's in like that's it's really not going to allow if mm. she wants to keep working yeah. you know which it seemed well, like you know towards the end of her life that she did you know for the most part so well and i think she's more seduced by the limelight than he is well being mm-hmm. a sports player is a different type of publicity than yeah. being a movie star mhm yeah well and i think that's eventually what leads to their divorce is he doesn't like that men are gazing at her and um, are sexualizing her. And he's like, you're my wife. You can't arouse men like this. And she said, no, this is- the picture perfect, stay at home, making yeah. dust, making sure the kids mm-hmm. did their homework, housewife. Yeah. Well, Marilyn was like, never going to be- the 50s housewife where he, there's no issues, there's no drama, there's no nothing. It's like bewitched all over again. Like what's mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> yeah, and Marilyn's a more- that's the thing is why I love Marilyn Monroe's story. Like mm-hmm. why it's so compelling, this whole series about her life with yep. making it into a musical is she's a conundrum in a way. Like she is someone who's so complicated and she wants that fantasy of small town life, but she also wants to propel herself as an actress and mm-hmm. learn her craft. And she also loves sometimes the seductiveness of men you know gazing at her it's like but then she doesn't want them to use her so it's like a you know it's Mm -hmm. so layered you know she's not going to get it all um no uh, i mean i know from from an inside source that he that joe dimaggio truly truly did love marilyn monroe and would put flowers on her grave you know Mm -hmm at certain times um i have a relative who was big in like the philly scene he has since passed my great uncle carmen he actually played golf with joe dimaggio a couple of times Whoa. oh wow and literally yeah, there's a picture of him in circulation somewhere i see if i can find it um but yeah it's the two of them standing together at some event like golf event or whatever from wow. back in the day yeah so and he talked about maryland things that he always said yeah that he was like, he really loved her. Like, he would be like, Carm, I just, I really loved her. Like, did he I ever talk about work. Wait, so why did it not work? Well, he was an abusive piece of shit. Well, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah. He hit her, so. I thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's why it didn't work, you know, but... Imagine that you're riding the Turner Classic Movie Great Movie Ride in Hollywood Studios. It's in the 1990s. As you're journeying through the Great Movie Ride, you pass the Wizard of Oz, where all of a sudden you see the Wicked Witch of the West ascend into Munchkinland in a cloud of smoke and flames. Well, that's the memory I have with the Great Movie Ride in classic cinema when I was at Disney in the 1990s as a young boy. And ever since that, I 
was hooked on classic cinema. Well, my friend Christian Garcia, friend of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, has a podcast that you all are going to love. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema, and he looks at queer themes in classic cinema, like Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, 101 Dalmatians, Hello Dolly, the list can go on and on and on. So follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. You can listen to his podcast on Apple and Spotify. And he also is on the premiere episode of our Queer as Folk podcast, where I'm re-watching every episode of Queer as Folk from 2000. And the episodes come out bi-weekly. So make sure you listen to his episode with me. And he's launching a rewatch show of Smash, where they're putting on a Marilyn Monroe musical. So he's going to be joined by co-hosts, a lot who are in the Broadway and theater industry, and I'm going to be on his first episode. So without further ado, get listening to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Happy almost holiday season. Because the holidays are upon us, I'm sure so many of you out there are thinking, oh my, what am I going to get my friends, my family, my children, my romantic partner, my husband, my wife, any, you know, significant person in your life. Look no further than my good friend, Mandy Bangle, who makes handmade crocheted items. Her company is called Mandy Made It. You can follow her on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It. And you will see all of these crocheted items that she's going to be able to customize for you, including special characters, sports team figures, even holiday items like a snowflake or a Christmas tree. So I have Mandy's keychains. I have the poison apple from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I have a rainbow um, flag that she made me. So Mandy is able to really customize an order just depending on what your hobbies and passions are. And you know, what item you're really looking for. So because you're listening to me talk about Mandy, she said that anyone who goes to Mandy Made It on Instagram and orders from her, and they've heard the Ivory Tower Boiler Room ad, she will give you all a free Ivory Tower Boiler Room t-shirt with your order. So head right now to Mandy Made It. You know, if you were really looking for that special gift, now you don't have to look any further because I have you covered with Mandy Mated. Okay, I hope you all enjoy your items from Mandy Mated. And please make sure that you take a photo of your crocheted items so that we can share it out on our social media. I know Mandy would love that. And I would love to see what you all are ordering from her. She even has an adorable pillow called Netflix and Chill. And she has these cute coasters that she crochets for your favorite coffee or tea mug. So enjoy all your Mandy Made It products. That's actually my, um, not the abuse, of course, but that's actually, I thought, one of the um, most well done elements in Blonde in the movie was the Joe DiMaggio, Marilyn sections. but when it got to Arthur Miller, I thought the whole movie just started to, mm, well, the JFK part, 
I mean, Elizabeth has her feelings on that, and I agree. It was so exploited, exploitative. Hmm. Well, you got to watch the movie and then listen to my recap with Elizabeth Christian. You have homework. I'm giving you homework. (laughs) I have to finish it. Fine. But like the JFK part is very troubling. The way they do it in the movie. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, those are my notes. I don't know. Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else do you want to pick our brains about? Oh, goodness. Now that Mary revealed the Joe DiMaggio connection. Wow, Mary. I didn't know you you were sitting on She was sitting on this the whole episode. (laughs) I didn't just want to bring it up. You know, if it wasn't going to fit, you know, then I'd be like, all right. Oh, we need a viral moment, Mary. Come on. (laughs) What are you doing? we want our limelight too are you kidding me i like i like (laughs) apple pies but actually i don't like apple pies that's a lie um well it's not that i don't like apple pies i'd rather have tiramisu than apple pie yeah dessert of my people i think yeah or oh my god i just had a cannoli i had a cannoli pie mary i've never amazing Oh my that god. Incredible. Uncle Giuseppe's. I'm telling you, Uncle Giuseppe's mm. needs to like hire me because I am their <laughs> number one fan. Oh my god, a cannoli um chocolate chip sandwich. <gasps> they have them. I'm telling you. Cannoli you, cream you and chocolate to give chips. Me diabetes? What are yes, you doing? Sir. Don't eat it every night, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is very yummy. No, I'm just like not a pie. I'm not a huge pie person. I'm more of like a chocolate cake or like mm-hmm. cheesecake. Ooh. I'm a huge cheesecake person. Mm-hmm. Done well. It has to be juniors or like very dense cheesecake where like you throw a fork in it and it won't move. I don't like the whole soft cheesecake. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't. It's or hard cake. cake. You know, when you eat cake, I don't know why I'm talking about cake, but you know, like when you eat cake and it's like so hard, I'm like, who wants... Like you need a hard, dense cheesecake, but you need a soft, like luscious chocolate cake. I agree. Mm. I agree. Okay. So on <laughs> the cake. I don't know. I don't know how that tied to making your own little league baseball team, but I don't maybe. Know. I mean, speaking of Georgia, that's Mario, what you do I don't. I think that I feel like they should have cast someone else other than what's his name, Will. Will Chase. I saw him in Kiss Me Kate. He's he's really good. No, like he's I'm a good actor. He's not good. I'm just saying that maybe they could have cast someone else who looks a little bit more like Joe DiMaggio rather than picking well, that's true. blonde yeah. person. He didn't that he didn't really yeah. give me Joe DiMaggio when they were. I look like Joe DiMaggio. He was giving like mm-hmm. Kendall. Like that's yeah. not that's not Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm throwing myself in the ring when this comes to Broadway smash. I think yes, I could be you, Joe DiMaggio. You'll be Joe DiMaggio. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or Arthur Arthur Miller. It just depends. Like if I have my Ooh, glasses. On. You could you could do a I could be both. You could do a one man show. Just be like, oh I well, just don't think I could I'll be Joe DiMaggio. For, come on, and then Arthur Miller for Act Three. Just throw on a set of glasses. You'll be Clark Kent. No one recognizes yeah. you. <laughs> and I'll be Marilyn Monroe too at the same time. That's it. That's it. That's Basically, it. this is like. My dream slash nightmare of my one man Marilyn Monroe smash show. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. But you're right. There could have been a more Mediterranean looking like actor. They could have. Uh, I don't know if Bobby Cannavale can sing, but he was pretty good as Joe DiMaggio and Blonde. Mm. If, if you know, 
when he was younger, he could have. Well, I'm sure there's a reason why, you know, they choose who they choose. And... I guess they I wanted know. singers. Whatever. But there was, there are singers like that in that, that, that are dark haired. That are Italian. The Jersey Boys cast. Italian. Basically. There, see, there you go. There you go. Um, but, oh. And I also forgot to shout out our Patreon members, but I want to wait until the end of the episode, Christian. But so so we are we at going over the limit? <laughs> I know, I know. We're at our limit now. Do you feel like, I feel like we hit everything, didn't we? We did. Mm-hmm. When I missed certain yeah. parts, but because I had to go out for a second. <laughs> That's I okay. missed Mary Spotlight, which I'm so mad. Wait, so what's our next episode, Christian, just to tease everyone? Episode With- four. Um, what is it again? Um, I think it's the cost of art. Yes, the cost of art. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. we're going to get, hopefully we can get Elizabeth to come on because that's the Never Had a Wolf um, musical sequence. Yes. The, all the like men who prey on her, the wolves yes. of Hollywood. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a more serious, I, I feel wolf. like it's... You say wolf and it's, and I say it wolf. <laughs> but I feel like we say the same wolf. Wolf. You say wolf. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> wolf. Yeah, wolf. I don't know. <laughs> See, you're like doing the whole dialect. You must have been inspired by Dev and his being shady with accents. <laughs> um Okay. Oh, but I want to shout out thank you to our Patreon members, um, my parents, but no, there's more than my parents, but uh, Jesse Atade, Kimberly Dallas, Mary News Kim. Uh, she's part of our team. She's a Patreon member. Uh, Rex Dotson, Andy Irwin, Lawrence. That's my boyfriend, Lawrence. Um, and Janine Cucci. Thanks to our Patreon members. Okay. I feel like I should shout them out more. So thanks for giving me the floor, Christian. Um, but I can't Any wait for Costa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and isn't I think the Jonas brother, one of them makes yes, an appearance. Nick Jonas is a guest a guest star on the episode. Yes. So we're we're getting we're getting hot and heavy. So here we go. Yeah. Michael Swift, a Jonas. We just need <laughs> Travis Kelsey, but I don't think that happens. Yeah. If only there, maybe he can be on Broadway with Taylor Swift. Oh goodness! She tried her Broadway career with Cats, the movie. Oh no! I didn't see that. I, I refused so much. Yeah, same, movie. same. My heart hurts when I saw that preview. Like that scared me. That gave me nightmares for days. Yeah. All I know is, even though this isn't Smash related, we all need to. Um, do an episode after we see the color purple movie during the holidays. Because I think that's going to be the movie of, well, I, I just saw Killers movie. of the Flower Moon and I that was incredible. Musical, but, but I do love that movie. Yeah, it's going to be so good. And Fantasia plays Sealy. And I'm so excited. Oh my God. Yes. Well, this was so fun. Thanks, Christian, for you know, carrying. Thank you guys for coming on. Mary, thank, thank you so you. much. We had so much fun. I hope you can come back again. Well, thank you for sure. Loved you. Yes, you <laughs> oh, need to I come back, you Mary. You need okay. to have your spotlight yeah. again. 
Yeah, yeah. and you need to like give us more tea. Maybe you can find out more Joe DiMaggio. Yes. Well, God rest his soul. He's not alive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, if you can like dig in the annals of your family history. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Christian. Of course. Thank Andrew. you. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you guys next time. Oh, and if they want to be a guest on the show, <gasps> how yes. can they reach out to you? They can reach out to you. You can DM a, a direct message me at that okay caustic cinema or at my personal uh instagram at bookaholic underscore two two one or you can also dm or direct message and andrew at dr andrew Rumby or at ivory tower boiler room on instagram as well so feel free to pop in see if you guys would like to come on be a guest host because this has been so much fun we cannot wait to dive into so many more episodes of this show <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Oh, DM me at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Yes. Um, or Andrew David Rimby. I know yeah. I try to change it to Dr. Andrew Rimby, but they don't let you put doctor on meta. So never. I have to take that up with them. But... Take it. You up know what? Instagram Elon time. Musk lets me do it. So <laughs> screw you, meta. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. On that note, bye, everyone. Bye. Now we're canceled. Okay. <laughs>